All right. Over the last two weeks, we have been discussing the wall, and uh, the first week we talked about uh, discussing the wall. Last week, we talked about visiting the wall. This morning, we're going to start rebuilding the wall, and I want to do my best to explain that we are uh, talking about a relationship with God. We're not talking about a physical wall. We're going to be referring uh, this physical wall and the relationship with it and the spiritual wall back to the book of Nehemiah. So uh, I, I hope that you've gone through and read the book of Nehemiah. We'll probably be on this subject for another couple of weeks, uh, but I just this is an exciting subject about rebuilding our relationship with God. I do want to read the key verse this morning. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. I'm going to give you a second to find that, and that one's going to be kind of a hard one to find. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. Between Hosea and Amos. I, that probably don't help much at all. Between Hosea and Amos. The reason I want to read this scripture, it's a very, it's a very solid principle of how God deals with his people, both in the Old Testament, also in the New Testament, in our relationship with him. And I'll tell you what's been taking place as Joel looks at uh, this subject, but the nation of Israel again has rebelled against God, they're serving idols, they're, they're doing things that they shouldn't do, and Joel is saying, listen, return, restore your relationship with me, and then listen to how this verse says, speaks. It says, and I will restore to you the years that the locust, locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Notice that it says, I sent this army among you. In other words, this is a judgment that God brought on the people because of their disobedience and they're ignoring their relationship with God. He says, I sent this army among you. But, he says, I will restore you the years that all of this destruction came upon you. Notice in verse number 26, he says, uh, And ye shall eat in plenty, and you shall be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, that hath dealt uh, wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. Now, this is the principle that we see all through the Scripture. If you are disobedient to God, if you know, if you know that you're what God expects from you, and you have contempt for Him and you do not serve Him, God is going to withhold His blessing, even discipline His own people. The Bible teaches us even in the New Testament, He says He disciplines and corrects those that He loves. So He says, listen, I want you to know I brought discipline upon you and the locusts came in and there's another scripture that describes what these locusts have done. The locusts came in and ate the biggest part of the greenery then the pommel worm came in and ate what the locust didn't eat. Then the caterpillar came in and ate what the pommel worm didn't eat. 
I want you to know there was total destruction in the nation and the, of the Israelites and the things around them. But he says, listen, as bad as it was, I can restore that. As bad as it was, I can restore that. Now, understand we're talking about your relationship this morning. We're talking, this is personal, 2019. Whatever your condition, no matter how bad you have failed God, this is the message this morning, you can rebuild that wall of relationship with an almighty God. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. And the scripture will even tell us this, you have done nothing that God has not already forgiven someone for. There's nothing new under the sun. So let's look back, and this morning... My introduction is probably going to be a little longer than the message itself. So I just want to make sure that we understand where we're at and the direction we're going. So week one, this is what we determined. Week one, when we were talking about the wall, we uh, discussing the wall, we determined that when we are serving God in a relationship defined by His Word, in other words, when we're serving God on a relationship that He says, this is the way you're to have this relationship with me, He puts a protective wall or a protective barrier or whatever you want to call it. He puts a refuge around you. In the book of Job, it's called a hedge. He is going to put that around you. Now, this is a principle that is carried all the way through the Scriptures. When we look in Deuteronomy chapter 28... I love Deuteronomy chapter 28. This is what he says. He says, if you will have a relationship with me and you will maintain this relationship with me, he says, blessings will overcome you. Blessings will overcome you. I remember when I was in the Navy, I was stationed in Orlando, Florida for a period of time and, and me and Susie, one weekend we would go to the Gulf Coast, the other Weekend, we would go to the Atlantic coast, and I mean, we just walked back and forth. The, the waves on the Atlantic coast was a lot bigger than those inside the Gulf Coast. Uh, so we would go to Cocoa Beach. Am I on the right coast? Yeah, on the Atlantic side. We'd go to Cocoa Beach, and we would wait out there in the water, and what, what would happen is you'd see this big wave coming in. You know, not all of them, but every now and then a great big wave would come in, and I would see it coming, I'd go, oh, no. And I'd start trying to run to the shore and that wave would catch me and it would overcome me. I mean, it would just, it would wipe me out, push me to the ground. You serve the Lord. He says, blessings will overcome you. How would you like that? Man, Lord, you're so good. Oh my goodness, God, you're good. You serve the Lord on His terms. You will be overcome with blessings. He says, I will bless your cities. He will bless your fields. He will bless the fruit of the trees. He will bless your body. He will bless your cattle. He will bless your flocks. I mean, He's breaking it down. He says, if you'll have this relationship with me uh, and be obedient, I will do all these things. He will bless your going in and your coming out. When we was on a submarine, we would use that all the time. Lord, bless our going out and bless our coming men. We wanted to go out just as many, or come in just as many times as we went out. That was our prayer. But he says, I'll bless your coming in and your going out. 
He says, enemies will not prevail against you. He will open up the treasures of heaven towards us. All things that were God's, he said, I can make those things yours. He will make us the head and not the tail. He will make us the lender and not the borrower. In other words, if you will have a relationship, if you will maintain this relationship with God, you are blessed of God. That's that wall that I'm talking about. But then he turns right around in that same chapter, in De- uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, this huge word in verse number 15 says, but, but, if you refuse to maintain that relationship that I have established with you, understand the discipline of God is going to come in. And it basically uses these same terms, but he puts the word cursed in front of it. He says, cursed are your cities, your fields, your fruit, your bodies, your cattle, your flocks. Cursed are your going out and your coming in. Cursed are your enemies. They will prevail against you. He will close up the windows of heaven. He will make you the tail and not the head. He says your enemies will overcome you. He says you will also be a borrower and not a lender anymore. In other words, he says, listen, he is not talking about a physical wall. He is talking about God Almighty putting this wall of protection around you. This is the principle that we live in even today. So this is the understanding of the principle. This is when we were discussing the wall. We also saw in Job chapter 1 and verse number 10 uh, where it told us, it says, Has, this is Satan speaking, Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side that thou blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land? This is what he is saying. He's, Satan is saying, man, I can't, you won't even let me get close to Job because he serves you. He, he, he calls himself your child. He, he is obedient to what you tell him to do. He says, I can't even get close to him. You put a hedge of protection around him. My goodness, I hope that every single person in this room today is willing to operate in his obedience so that God will have that invisible wall of protection around you, and it's called the hedge Again, it's not a physical wall. When Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, if you remember, it was the last, the last plague. The death angel had come, come through. The, uh, the, children, the firstborn children and the firstborn cattle of the flocks of the fields, all of that died the night the death angel came through except for the Israelites because they had put the atonement of blood over the doorpost and... Uh, And so when the death angel passed over, they were not affected. Well, the nation of Egypt said, hey, that's enough. That was the tenth plague. Get out of our country. And he sent them out. Well, after Pharaoh sent them out, and he looked out and he found out that they had traveled up against the Red Sea, Pharaoh changed his heart and he says, you know what? Who are we going to have to build all of our stuff? Who's going to work our crops I want to go back. Let's go back and get them. So Pharaoh goes out, and he is now pursuing the nation of Israel. And this is what we find in Exodus chapter 14 and verse number 13. It says, And Moses said unto the people, listen to this, Fear not, 
Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Now this is the statement I want us to see. The Lord shall fight for you. Hold your peace. The Lord shall fight for you. Hold your peace. 2019. If you will serve the Lord with all your heart, lean not upon your own understanding. The Lord will fight for you. You can hold your peace. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to be anxious. When you've got this wall of protection about you, you can sleep in security. You don't have to worry about the things that are taking place around you. And that's what he was saying. This wall that God placed between the nation uh, of Israel and their enemies was this invisible wall. We also determined that first week that if we know what God wants from us and we refuse to be obedient to Him, that same wall was removed. Now, we used a word that first week of the year. Does anybody remember that word that we used? If you know what God wants you to do and you don't do it, what was the word? Contempt. Oh, man, I like it when y'all do that. That was contempt. And if you'll remember, this is the statement I said about that word contempt. Contempt tears down walls. Contempt tears down walls. So, last week we talked about visiting the wall. Much like President Trump did on our southern border, and just like he found that there were openings in the wall of our southern border and there was no protection or security, that is exactly what Nehemiah found. If you remember, we talked about that last week. And we talked about how Nehemiah, when he heard the report, he heard the report. Now, I I hope we catch this. And if you would, turn to Nehemiah chapter 1. It's a couple of chapter or a couple of, a couple of books right before the book of Psalms. Nehemiah chapter 1. But if you'll remember, Nehemiah is a Jewish servant under the king of Persia, and he gets a report from another man that had just come from Jerusalem. And Nehemiah asks him, he says, Man, how are the people doing in Jerusalem? From my home country. How how's my, the homeboys doing? How are they how are they being treated? And the report was not good. This is what it says in Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, And they said unto me that the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. So Nehemiah gets this report. Understand. These walls have been down for over a hundred years. These walls have been destroyed. When Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah, when Nebuchadnezzar went in and took the city of Jerusalem, he destroyed the temple, he destroyed the walls, he burnt the gates. And Nehemiah has known this his whole life that the nation of Israel was in this predicament and the city of Jerusalem was like that. But 
when he got this report, he says, man, the people are in reproach. They, the people that are living inside the city, there is no wall to protect them. The enemy can come and they just step over the rocks and they come in and they, they ravage the people, they steal from them, they do whatever they want to do. And, and, and I'm not being political. But when Donald Trump went to the southern border, that's what he said. He says, I looked and man, they can come in. There's no, open borders. They can come in anywhere they want. And if you remember, there was one reporter coming up. He says, I don't see anything wrong down here. He's walking beside a, a, a wall that's up of, of steel beams. He says, I don't see anything wrong down here. Well, you know why he didn't see anything wrong? Because there was a wall there. No one could get to that wall. They didn't even approach it because it was impassable. Well, let me tell you, when we have a wall built around us because of our relationship with God... When Satan or the tempter comes and he comes up to the wall, he goes, and he turns and he goes the other way. Because we are protected by that invisible wall of that relationship that we have with God based on His Word. That's exactly the way it works. But now when, when the enemy of Jerusalem was walking up to the wall that was around the city, I see a cup right in there I want. And they were going in there and taking what they wanted. The people were ravaged. The people were under affliction. The people, that they were in a mess. And when Nehemiah heard that, you look at that next verse, this was his response. His response was, And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept and I mourned certain days and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. The walls are down. It broke his heart to see. Now, and I do. I hope y'all are keeping up with this the way I'm comparing the physical wall and the spiritual wall. It broke his heart to see that the people did not have a relationship with God because their walls had been broken down. I go and preach revivals occasionally. And when I come to a, to a church, listen... Some churches that you go to to preach revivals, they want to have a revival because there's been so much going on. I mean, the Spirit of God has been moving. People are being saved. People are getting baptized. People are joining the church. And they just want to have a revival to continue what's going on. But sometimes you go to a church and you stand in the pulpit and you realize that as you are opening up your voice, no one is there to listen. There are people in the pews... They need more than a revival. They need a relationship rebuilt because their wall is down because they have not... And that's what revival really needs to be is to rekindle something that is dead. That is exactly what Nehemiah has got a desire to do. He wants to go back and rebuild this wall. He wants to get this relationship restarted. So this is what I want us to look at. Flip the page. In my Bible, you flip the page. Look at Nehemiah chapter 1 and uh, verse 8. As Nehemiah now has got the word that these walls are broken down, this is what Nehemiah prays to God. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, this is a great prayer because Nehemiah is praying back to God the exact thing that God has already told him. All right, this is what he said. Verse number 8, he says, 
Remember, I beseecheth thee, talking to the Lord, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye trespass, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. This is what Nehemiah said. He said, God, you warned us. You told us if we did what we did, you were going to scatter us among the nations. Okay, we had that coming. Verse number 9 says this. Here's that big word again. But if ye return unto me, and we keep your commandments and do them, though we were of you cast out into the uttermost parts of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence, and I will bring them into the place that I have chosen to set my name there. He says, God, you told us if we rebelled against you, you were going to scatter us. But you also said, and I'm claiming this promise to you, God, right now, that if we return to you, you would draw us back together and you would look after us and you would protect us. You would put that wall around us. You would put that hedge of protection. You would become our refuge, our, 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 our border, our high tower. You will become all that to us. And I want you to know this morning that is exactly where God is today. He is waiting for some of us that have gone astray who have been scattered in our relationship and He's simply waiting for us to return. And He says, listen, I don't care what you've done. If you're willing to repent and come home, I will forgive you of anything. And I want you to know, I've got a pretty hard list here in a minute that I'm going to read that God says, I will restore you if you will follow after me. The big word, but. In Joel chapter 2 and verse 13, it tells us this. We were talking about this early where he said, I will restore you the things that the locusts have taken. And he says, he says, and rend your heart, or come with a broken heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth Him of the evil. In other words, this is what He says. He said, again, no matter what you've done, you come back. You come back with a broken heart, and I will restore you. In, in 2 Chronicles 7.14, a very common scripture that we've heard and memorized many of us, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal, heal their land. He says, no matter where you've been, if you'll come back, I'll restore you. In Proverbs 28 and 13, it says, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. Do you know what the word, when it says in 1 John 1 and 9, it says, if you will confess your sins? Do you know what the word confess means? The word confess simply means, okay God, I agree with you. What you call sin, I agree, I'm guilty of that. You are confessing that you have strayed. You're confessing that you are the one that has departed from the ways of God. I agree with you, God, that I have strayed away. So when Proverbs, it tells us that he that covers his sin will not prosper. He is calling for us to confess our sins before him. All right. That's been a long introduction, hasn't it? So let's do this. Let's get back to the wall that is around Jerusalem that's been torn down, been over a hundred years now. Nehemiah 
after his burden with, with, uh, with God right here, and he prays this prayer. We're not going to read the scriptures. If you'll read the next couple of that next chapter, Nehemiah goes to his king, and he says, Hey, king, uh, the land of my fathers, and he, you could say this, that I have never been to, my heart is broken for them. Can I have permission to go back to my homeland and rebuild this wall? My people are in distress. And the king says, Well, Nehemiah, how long are you going to be gone? It doesn't tell us the amount of time in the Scripture, but it says Nehemiah explains to him how long he's going to be gone. He says, Oh, by the way, king, can I get some letters from you so that while I'm traveling I can go to this land and I can get timbers? Because you see, our gates are down. Will you give me permission and have these people cut logs for me and bring them to Jerusalem so we can rebuild our walls? Keep in mind, they are between 700 and 900 miles away from Jerusalem right now. And the king says, sure. God has softened this king's heart. And he says, sure. Here, not only that, I will give you a military escort all the way back to Jerusalem. I will let them provide this, these timbers for you to rebuild your gates so they get back to Jerusalem. Here's the message this morning talking about rebuilding the wall. They get back to Jerusalem. And they are there for three days. I hope you're in Nehemiah chapter 2. We're fixing to read this verse. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. But they're there for three days, and Nehemiah gets on a horse, and he says, this is what I need to do. I need to go and check out and see how much damage the walls of Jerusalem are truly in. So he gets on his horse, and he begins to go around, and he begins to look at the destruction of, that's taking place. Now, let me, let me put this in our, our terms this morning, how this applies to us. He has taken an inventory of what's going on right there. In examining our relationship this morning with God, we sometimes need to stop and take an inventory. We need to stop and take an inventory of where we are in our relationship with God. You know what happens sometimes? Sometimes we just simply get comfortable in our relationship with God. We're not moving forward, and we feel like we're not moving backwards, but we're just comfortable. Well, I want you to know, if you get comfortable, the wall begins to fall. Building and maintaining the wall is an ongoing process. So when we see this, read with me, Nehemiah chapter 2, look in verse number 11. It says, So I came to Jerusalem and was there for three days. And I arose in the night, and, and I, some few men with me, neither told I any man what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain, and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass." Then went I up to the night by the brook and viewed the wall, 
and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. And the rulers knew not whether I went or what I did, neither had I any yet told it to the Jews, nor the priests, nor the nobles, nor the rulers, nor the rest that did the work. In other words, Nehemiah has now, nobody knows what Nehemiah is doing in Jerusalem. He's brought this great host of military with him. He's got these big logs out there. We, nobody knows. He hasn't told anyone his purpose there. After three days, he gets on his horse and he rides around and he sees the brokenness. He sees the brokenness of the walls. He goes to one gate and he sees that the gate has been burned up. He goes to another gate and, and the rubble and the, 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 the trouble was far. He said, I couldn't even get through that gate. And he goes around and he sees the destruction that's taken place representing, representing the broken relationship that the nation of Israel has with an almighty God. It's broken down. They're in distress. There's no way that they can get this through. I want you to know when they look at this and the damage, this is what they think. It is impossible. It is impossible to rebuild this wall. It's impossible. You don't understand. Brother Wayne, you don't understand what happened in my life. You don't understand what I have gone through. You don't understand what I have done against God. There's no way that God would desire to have a relationship with me. I've done too much for God to restore me. There's no way that He could forgive me. And as I begin to think, I look at some of the things that I have to be careful which pronoun I use. I or we, some of the things that we've done in our lives and some people, I want you to know Satan will use every single thing against you. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelations that he is an accuser. He accuses us night and day of our sin before God. Every single one of us in here, Satan will accuse us before God and, and say... God, did you see Brother Wayne when he was a little boy how he used to go from desk to desk when all the kids were at recess and he would take a nickel from this desk and a nickel from this desk and a nickel from this desk. Brother Wayne is nothing but a common thief. And God says, you are absolutely right, Satan. But Brother Wayne is redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And I imagine Satan stands before God and says, how in the world can you use a man called David? David was a murderer. He killed Bathsheba's husband intentionally. He had an affair. He, he committed adultery. One of the Ten Commandments. How can you redeem a relationship with David? He's a murderer and an adulterer. And then God says, David is a man after my own heart. You know why? Because he repented and he came to him with a broken heart and he restored that relationship. How can you use Abraham? He was just a liar. How can you use Paul? Paul, the great apostle to the Gentile nation, the reason that we are having the gospel in our churches today because of the apostle Paul. 
Do you realize what Apostle Paul was doing in his day? Before he came to know the Lord, the Scripture tells us in, in the book of Acts, he says, Paul says, I was the chief of all sinners. You don't understand. He says, I was the one that was persecuting the church. I persecuted Jesus Christ. I would go into homes and I would have them arrested. And when I, I stood before him, you need to understand, he says, I coaxed them into blasphemy. That's another word for torture. Paul tortured these people to the point that they blasphemed them and then he threw them in prison and he voted for them to be executed. That's who Paul was. This is the way he puts it. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 14, it says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith in the love which is in Christ Jesus. And this is a faithful saying and worthy to be accepted that Jesus Christ came into the world and saved sinners who I am chief. Paul said, I am the worst of the worst. And you're still sitting there and you're going, Brother Wayne, you don't know what I've done. Let me tell you, you can be a chief or a thief, you can be a liar, you can be promiscuous, you can have had premarital sex, you can have been divorced, you can have financial ruin, you can have taken that God's name in vain, you could have had an abortion, you could have had all of these things. And the God of grace is standing here this morning before you and saying, listen, I realize you're a sinner. You've done nothing that I have not forgiven someone of before you. And if you will come to me with a broken and a contrite heart, I will restore you. I will give you what the locusts have devoured. I know, and this is guilt eats you up. But the scripture says, I will give you peace. I, I wrote a list of, of people who just believed that God would restore them and take care of them. Israel, as the death angel passed over, they knew as, as the, the death angel, this final plague, I want you to know they said in their houses, and because of faith, they did not have to fear when the death angel passed over because they believed Noah, when he was taken in the ark and God closed the door and the waters came down, Noah and his family had no reason to fear because the wall of relationship was around him. When Daniel was, went to the lion's den, the, I believe... I'm reading between the lines. I believe Daniel sat there at night and he might have had a toothpick picking his teeth as the lions pranced around him knowing... I, he didn't have a worry in the world. Because he was, he was behind that wall of protection. He had peace though the lion and the enemy was prancing around him. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because of the relationship and the wall of protection that put God put around them, faced the fiery furnace and was not afraid. When Daniel faced Goliath, a little teenage boy up against a nine foot six giant, he was not anxious. He says, I'm fixing to feed your flesh to the birds because I serve an almighty God. He didn't fear. He didn't fear. Paul and Silas, as they had been beaten and put in the prison, chained to the floor, 
says they sang songs at midnight. How would you like to have that kind of relationship with God? He offers it to us today. He offers it to us today. The Bible tells us, you want to know how much God loves you? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Oh my goodness, what a love that God has for us. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, it says, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. This is what God is waiting for us to do tonight, this morning. If you're still in Nehemiah, I want you to look at one last verse. One last verse. The one thing that restored the relationship of the nation of Israel with an almighty God lies in this one scripture. Verse number 17. Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse number 17. Nehemiah has walked around the wall. He had looked at the impossibility of having this wall rebuilt. These people that he is about, that he's speaking to right now, have been living in this area and they saw the impossibility of these walls being put back up. But this is what Nehemiah told him. He says, Then said I unto them, You see the disasters that we are in and how Jerusalem lieth waste and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of God, which was good unto me, and also the king's words, and he had spoken unto me, and they said, Watch, let us rise and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Listen, you need to understand that these people saw something that was impossible. And they listened to Nehemiah. And Nehemiah came to them and said, Listen, guys, we can do this. We have the blessing of God on our side. And when they heard his words, they took a breath. Let's do it. Let's do it. We can do this. By faith, they stepped up and said, if God is on our side, we can do this. That is what it takes to restore a relationship is your faith and God's Word. Simply have faith that God says, I will restore you, I will forgive you, no matter what the situation is, come, seek me, you're going to find me, ask and I'll restore you, knock and it's going to be opened up unto you. It all boils down to believing God's Word. And today, you can do that. Restore that relationship. You know what? I, I had to think about this, this message. And, and, and I, I think back about what last year took place at Soda Baptist Church. And, and, and I, Wayne Bickley was thinking, I said, my goodness gracious, Wayne, you're... You're preaching a message like this is a bunch of heathens out here living just in the world. And I realize that that's not the case. But let me tell you what you can do. 
It don't matter how strong your relationship is with God right now. I want you to know He wants you to have a stronger relationship than you have right now. Now next week, next week we're going to start taking some rocks and some mortar and we're going to start, we're going to, we're going to take what the Bible says that you need to do in order to get this wall put together. We're not going to just talk about it, man. We're going to, get, we're going to go to work next week. But the first step in order for you to rebuild that wall is to have faith in what God has told you He will do for you. Let's stand together. Oh, what a mighty God we serve this morning. God, I praise you this morning that your love for us is never ending. God, that your mercy and forgiveness is so great and abundant that it's, it never ends. And God, even this morning, no matter where we've been, you have a desire to have a relationship with us this morning, no matter what our past holds. You simply tell us to come, and you'll restore it. You will, you will restore all that the locusts have devoured, all that Satan has tore our lives up with, the doubt, the guilt, the shame. God, you tell us this morning we can have joy unspeakable and full, full of glory. We can have peace that passes all understanding when we have a relationship with you, this invisible wall of protection that you provide. We praise you this morning for the love that you've expressed to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, that we can have this kind of relationship. Now, Father, I don't know the needs this morning in our sanctuary. God, I don't know the needs of the people that will be hearing this uh, through the Internet, but God, you do. And my prayer right now is for every individual that they will understand this message and reply to it in a way that you would be pleased. That's our prayer this morning. We just give you this time uh, of decision-making, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You respond how you need.